0: This is the Power Power hi, hi. Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hate Bible topics, smack book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up His Word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Alright, this is our last podcast for Second Timothy chapter 2. Let's start where we left off yesterday, but let me pray first. Lord, I pray that you help us deal with some of these deeper thoughts that Paul is having um, and help us to be aware of where this idle chatter and where, where to draw the line when it comes to things that we should talk about and things that we should leave on the shelf. When it comes to political opinion, when it comes to political or personal preferences, even... Um, different takes on doctrine, theology. It seems that these guys were off the rails, um, obviously off the rails, as Paul was saying. And I I ask that you would help us pinpoint um, this idleness and help us to um, make specific changes that we need to make to keep our eyes focused on our purpose the purpose that you have for us in our lives in Jesus name amen so this this one let me read okay let me read um, verse 14 on and we'll see what God has for us remind them of these things and solemnly charge them now this is also referring to First Timothy, if you remember first Timothy, the reason why Timothy was told to stay was this idle talk, genealogies, whatever, whatever, remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God, not to wrangle about with words which is useless and leads to the ruin of hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter for it will lead to further further ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene Among them are Hymaneus and uh, Philetus, okay, maybe, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place, and they upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Reference from our reading yesterday, verses 11 through 12. Now in the in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Again, refer to these verses 11 through 13, 11, 12, 13. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself of these things, where's options? He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now, flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, blood, and peace and those who call on the Lord with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Again, I'll read eleven through thirteen after to remind us what we talked about yesterday. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bond servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to knowledge of truth and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Let's think about, let me read 11 through 13 again. As we said yesterday, there are four categories, according to Paul, that you could fall fall into as anyone, really, Because those that do do not make it, that's not the right word, those that we do not see on the other side of heaven, they ultimately denied Christ. Therefore God denied them. You cannot deny the Son and and gain the salvation of the Father. So, this kind of falls... Uh, in the face of now we have varying degrees of what people consider divisive that's I mean there's there's such wide degrees people are so easily offended that I mean you could pretty much categorize me sharing my version of mac and cheese as being offensive. Right? I mean, suffice it to say, we live in a crazy time. Verse 11, it is a trustworthy statement for we, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. So we can be a martyr. Just read about somebody, brothers that were martyred. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. So those are the four places you can be anyone. You can be enduring with Christ, setting your eyes on the kingdom. You can be a martyr for Christ. Or you can be at a place where you're faithless if you're in Christ. Those are really only your three options. Only those three. And the thing about it is that, and if someone were to say it's here, that looks like a slippery slope. Because it looks like there's a potential to deny Christ. And therefore be denied. Yes. But on the other hand, you can't lose your salvation. So, and but Scripture also says, on the other side of the coin, Scripture also says to check your faith. Check to see if you are in the faith. Not just put some stock and some prayer you said. See, later it says, those that are that the lord names are to abstain from wickedness you have no intention of abstaining from wickedness and you have no intention of let, letting the word of god define what is wickedness in your life and you have no intention of listening to those around who around you godly people around you who are trying to guide you if you have no intention of doing this your potential to ultimately be denier i mean how do i know we here here's the thing and here's what it comes down to your relationship has nothing to do with me your relationship with christ has nothing to do with me You're not going to be able to look around and say, but they said, or but I heard once, or but I said, you either know Christ or you don't. And I think if we put that into context in this last part of this chapter, we understand what it is we're supposed to be talking about. That there are a lot of good things That we can talk about, just chit-chat. But Paul is talking about church. He's not talking about chit-chat at Starbucks. He's talking about church. He's talking about what it is we need to be talking about in our congregations. Are we supposed to argue over Calvinism or that other one? I don't know, Armenianism? Is that beneficial to the hearers? I. I found myself in that context one time, and there were so many people that were discouraged. It's not that Calvinism did make sense, because it did. It's that somehow consciousness personal consciousness of what it is what a relationship with christ is and what it is all about when 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 we were showing that there is not we when it was presented to him that there to this person that god can predestine for heaven god does predestine for heaven and for hell what they saw was an obtuse Removed God who just arbitrarily chooses one over the other That's what something like this does that's when we We can have it all lined up we can have the scripture for it We can have the marks the one two threes and the fours and the fives But that's that's the problem when we just bring up this he says words When we just bring up predestination and we camp on predestination and we insist that people understand our view on predestination. The problem is the kingdom of God isn't a bullet point. The problem is, the love of God isn't explained. Okay, so you theologically came up to that conclusion. Congratulations. Did you forget to mention that God is not willing that any should perish? Because that is the nuance you need to apply. When we forget nuance, when we want to throw out all manner of tension in scripture, sometimes we have to check scripture with scripture. When we want to pull out a verse and tell women to shut up, forever. When we don't apply nuance, when we don't consider Matthew 28. When we don't consider tensions, when we don't consider the fact that Christ is over all. And he deserves 100% of our devotion. Not our husbands. Our husbands aren't Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. Your kids are not Jesus. That's the problem. Because we want we want it to just all line up. We want to have our bullet points. And it makes perfect sense to us. Perfect sense. Boom, boom, boom. We're not affected at all. But we don't deal with the tensions and we don't deal with the nuances. And we don't understand how that could be perceived when we leave those things out. I mean, it's even worse now with social media. I tend to be very just direct, especially if you're following on Twitter. But talk to me in person. I can have long conversation with the so, you know socialist, but I'm not perceived as a socialist on Twitter. I can totally see where they're coming from with corporations and a living wage. Our solutions might be totally different, but I can see where they're coming. But you can't really go over to Twitter. What? What? Where is she at? What? You know, and I struggle because I really think bad politics kills. I believe that wholeheartedly. And if we don't get politics back on the table for discussion, we're going to find people are dead. It's that simple for me. And it's happening now. We can't afford, we cannot afford to stay out of politics. I was talking to a friend from South America. She's like you if you're not if you don't not involve politics, you can just kiss your livelihood goodbye. It is a privileged place to be able to not discuss politics. It matters. It doesn't matter in church, yo. But it matters in other contexts. So you go over to Twitter, that's another context. ain't talking about church. Um ah. It's not Twitter's not church. Not. But Paul here is talking about our soapboxes. And what we really need to understand is that our focus will determine. Our focus on kingdom, our focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ will determine at some, maybe at some point that, okay, those are nice ideas and I'm so glad you did, you looked up those uh, commentaries on that. And yeah, you know, that probably makes sense, but that is not what we're going to be talking about come Sunday. I always appreciate it when the pastor's like, yeah, this is what I believe, but we're skipping that. So you start centering people around you and your hot takes and you start centering people around your viewpoints and pretty soon it's not centered around Christ anymore, it's centered around a personality, right? It's centered around that celebrity pastor. It's centered around something else. But it ain't Jesus. So Paul's reminding us today Christians are to be about cleansing themselves, are to avoid. that which is empty, refuse to use your time in the context of church. Now there's a couple of things that bleed over because on one hand Paul is talking to Timothy who is in charge of a congregation. That is the context but Paul brings in these these little arrows from the outside these inclusions if you will to the everyday christian it's not just we talk we we can do all the worldly chatter we want outside the church doors no christians flee youthful lusts, who want to not be a vessel for dishonor, who want to be a vessel for honor, who want to fall under enduring or martyrdom and have walked and are walking in faith, who have not lost their faith, who Flee youthful less, this is verse twenty-two. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But refuse foolish, ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. This is a reference back to church. But if you're going to try to be the right kind of a person in church, you're also the right kind of person. rightly aimed person outside of church. Don't use church as your respite for the sin that you're living in. Your warning is verse 11 through 13. You can only fall in those four categories, one of those four categories. Check. Check to see. This isn't a threat. I mean, it's better to do this now, Holmes. It's better to do this now. Check to see. That you're not ensnared. That the devil doesn't have a grip on your life. That you're actually a Judas and not a Peter. You actually have never repented, and you're using church as some sort of respite, some sort of emotional cleanse. It's not a Jesus cleanse. It's a little reprieve from this anchor that I know is pulling me down well, you can come to church for 25 years and that pool will still be there until you come to Christ. Those sins that you thought you got over, you will fall back into or another form of it. Paul saying, those that are named by Jesus Christ, what wasn't a wickedness before. See, we're swimming in it. It's not wicked to us when we're sinners. It's something that we feel like we have to manage when we're sinners. And we're gonna we're gonna maybe say a few prayers. We're maybe gonna join a few house groups. We're maybe gonna do that. But we're swimming in this thing. And then when we choose it, we justify it. And then okay, maybe that was not. The best choice. And that's what that's what we call it. It wasn't really a good decision. But, but Paul is saying, when you are named by Jesus Christ, it's wicked. It's got a new name. You got a new name. You became a new person. It's wicked. I remember there was a sin I could not get out of. But there was never a doubt that it was a sin. and it made me sick. I was really attached to someone involved in that sin as well. But I knew what it was. I knew what it was. I wasn't I not have any questions about what God thought of it. And as the Lord gave me strength. Because I honestly was so broken down. And I was sideswiped by this thing. I had no idea the depth of this issue that I had. This brokenness. I'm not saying that this doesn't happen. Some of us have our innocence just... Torn out from our lives. And so we've got this, where there used to be a healthy barrier, we've got nothing. There's no barrier at all. And that's where I was. No barrier. I could not, I could not pull my head out of the water to save my, and I was literally in the fight of my life. But I knew what this was called. And I knew who to call on. So I'm saying heart to heart if you're you're finding yourself drowning in sin that doesn't mean you're a denier. That means you need the strength of the Holy Spirit like all of us need the strength of the Holy Spirit to walk out. And if you're honest with yourself you can look at that thing and say, "Yep. It's sin." And I want to pray over you right now that the Lord would show you his strength in that weakness. And that he would make very clear to you how close he is to you in your plight. That you won't feel like you are out of his reach anymore. Because through the blood of Jesus Christ you are not your called. You are family. So I pray for your deliverance today from this thing that could just overtake us. I pray that you would find the strength to agree with God that this is not what he has for you. And therefore walk out with the angels surrounding you, with thousands of witnesses, knowing that in Christ, there's victory. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.